This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. Uh, RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time and our release. This week, we're saving San Francisco with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage <gasps> as we watch spine number 108 in the Criterion Collection, Michael Bay's The Rock from 1996. But first, RJ, mm. you coming in hot? I'm always coming in hot, baby. Coming in hard? Ooh, girl. I've been waiting for this for a long, long time. You know that? Yeah, I know. It's true. This is the only reason I, I did this podcast. Yeah. And that was the jumping off point. Now, yeah, this is where uh, people are going to say, you know, it, that thing really went downhill after The Rock. Yeah. Really yeah. lost their will to live after that, after that that's one. That's what they'll be saying. Well, it's perfect timing. I uh, came down with this great cold a few days ago. Mm, and now nice. it's like fully uh, nested itself in my nose. So I'm very nasally. Was, uh, so that, that really is great perfect do you think that's an artifact from the uh, food poisoning that i had did i give you a illness <laughs> oh you, you haven't talked about that on the podcast no <laughs> why why would i well well because last week after we recorded you, you, can you, talk you, about you, it. you uh you were i guess up all night uh shitting your guts out yeah and then what did i do the next day uh you picked me up and we went for mexican yeah we went for tacos because you know what I'm a man of honor. Yeah. You, we were. We said we were going for lunch, and I didn't want to disappoint you because uh, everyone knows how you verbally abuse me and berate me and things like that. So yep. I was like, if I cancel a lunch, he, it'll, it'll never end. So I did the manly thing. I uh, got up in the morning. I put my diaper on, and I, uh, I came out there, and we ate some tacos. Yeah, we sure did. And I barely made it home. <laughs> we even did two uh, loops around the lake. Yeah, we did two loops, and uh, you know that crack was getting a little moist, a little wet. You know that, uh, you know the old diarrhea song when you're running on the track and you got a wet crack, diarrhea. Not familiar with that particular verse. That verse? No. Oh, well, you got to freestyle. You got to make your own verses. Whew. When you're running from the cops and you hear the drip drops, <laughs> diarrhea. Anyways, uh, yeah, I uh, I think I got food poisoning last week. I'm not sure. I never figured it out, but uh, for three, four days, I was having a real hard go, <laughs> real hard go, uh, and then uh, now I'm here, so Dude. I made it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I just I I don't have food poisoning uh, in my sore throat, uh, nor diarrhea. Just a uh, regular old cold, just in time for beautiful spring weather. One of them spring colds, eh? Yeah. Them spring the colds. Old, what do you? The old cliche. Huh? What's that? Yeah. What are you sipping on over there? I've got myself some Earl Grey tea. Earl Grey? Is it double bergamot Earl Grey? No. I don't, what was there? I don't fucking know. It's uh, something or other. Twinings? Did you put a little cream and honey in that Earl Grey? No. Oh, you got to cream and honey I, up I, that I, Earl I, Grey, I don't baby. got time for those luxuries. Yeah, well, you're a bad dude. <sighs> Delicious. A lot of people think so, by the way. I took a poll. I don't know if I should talk about that now or during the just, during uh, just, the review you, portion. You can, you can talk about the poll. <laughs> this poll. Uh, I put a poll out on Facebook. Um, yeah. I found out a while ago that you had never seen Bad Boys Two, and it really shocked me. Um, having watched that movie many times, that's a personal favorite of mine. Uh, I haven't seen it in probably ten years, but uh, I watched it in theaters. And uh, I really like Peter Stormare. I think he's the coolest. And it's got your buddy Michael Shannon in it. 
Yep. So I heard you never saw Bad Boys 2, and I was like, oh, my God. So I put a poll out on the Facebook on whether or not you should watch it. There were two options. Yes, and uh, Jarrett's a bad person. And you know what? I, I never checked. I'll check now. I think we were at a tie. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I well, think there was a tie between, yes, Jarrett should watch it, and yes, Jarrett is a bad person. Was it one-to-one? No, I think we had more than uh, more than a single vote. Okay. Two votes, obviously, but... Uh... No, we had a little bit more. If, uh, you know, Facebook would cooperate here, uh. that goddamn Zuckerberg. We had six votes. And wow. It was a three, stone three. cold tie. Wow. 50%. Huh. 50% said yes. 50% said Jared is a bad person. Wow. I don't think I even voted as myself. Oh. I, well... Uh, well, there's we'll, the tiebreaker. Well, we'll get into uh, me having or not watched uh, Bad Boys 2, I guess, later on. Yes. Yeah. So, hey, anyway, yep. RJ, we got a listener email. Ooh, baby, yeah. I like that hot listener yeah. email. Well, Which one of our uh, three fans is it this week? Well, we got ourselves Oliver Granger, who nice. has followed up on his promise that he would go see Avengers Infinity War down in New Make Zealand and go see it and give us a hot take, which he indeed entitled his email. I will just throw out there for people, neither RJ or I have seen it and probably you haven't either at the time of us recording this because it's mm-hmm. not actually out for another like day because usually it's like Thursday night those movies yep. go out. So, hey, definite spoiler warnings. If so you, this is I, a hot take. It, it, well, it's not super spoilery, the but like, there's like information in there that some people might... Uh, uh, be upset about. I'm not sure if there are types of listeners, but who knows? I don't want to well, be. A, I don't want to be a dink. So yeah, what I will say is for the next two minutes, maybe just skip ahead because we will just ramble through this real fast. Uh, so entitled "Hot Takes." Well, to be honest, I don't have many. Infinity War mm-hmm. was fine. Half the movie was mm-hmm. characters getting introduced to each other. The other half was the battle. Thanos was a surprisingly a good villain with some emotion. I expected him to be a bit like whatever that fucking guy was from Justice League. Uh, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf or Darkseid, but Steppenwolf. The biggest problem with the movie is since there are so many characters, they never really all meet up. Just groups of them in different corners of the universe. Uh, There were one or two surprises during the film, which was good. But I guess the big surprise was the ending. Although it felt so inconsequential, but if Marvel Disney do stick with the ending and don't do some dumb reverse time shit, it would be pretty cool. Mm. P.S. Peter Dinklage for worst cameo of the year. Ooh, that's a hot take because uh, I've heard a few things about this. (coughs) Um, A lot of people are like, no one knows who Peter Dinklage is. Nobody knows. So uh, that's a hot take from him. So, uh, there you go. That was like less than two minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but everyone's talking about that ending, and then I've all I've seen is general things, and a lot of people are saying I'm getting a lot of different versions of the same thing, where it's like uh, half amazing, half exhausting, or the most ambitious of the Marvel movies yet. But uh, I was surprised this one actually doesn't have a hundred percent, which uh, that's not surprising. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like, these Marvel movies are usually, like... It's at 89% certified. 86 now. Oh, it's dropping and a it's little not, bit by bit. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? Because it's two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. Two and a half hours, and it's, I guess what people said, it's exhausting. So, we'll see. Uh, me and uh, Ham Meat are planning to uh, hit that bad boy up next week. So, we'll we'll see if yeah. we do. You'll have that informed opinion. 
yeah, and then uh, I can hit Oliver with my hot takes, which uh, I'll, I'll let him know if I think that Peter Dinklage uh, cameo is hot or not. Cool. You guys can all tell me about it as I mm-hmm. continue to not watch these movies. <laughs> yeah, I think you're making the right choice, but uh, one of us has to watch it. Yep. And I'm usually the one who uh, falls on that grenade week, week by week yeah. watching the shit movies. So, uh-huh. Speaking yeah. of which, hey, RJ, huh. what you been creeping on this week? Not not a whole lot, really. Um, you know, I was really sick, and usually when I'm really sick, I, I go on benders and watch lots of movies, but uh, I don't have too much for you. Mm-hmm. Not too, too much. Uh, I'm going to hit this one off first, coming in hot with a movie I watched that was wicked fucking good, um, and I was surprised at how much I liked it. This is what I would call a niche film. Uh, this is a movie that was made specifically for me. So uh, this movie is really good. It was called The Great Martian War, 1913, 1917. 1913 to 1917. There you go. Excuse me. Uh, from 2013, directed by a man named Mike Slee. You might know him as the director of Meerkat Manor and other Meerkat movies and uh, Wild Africa. Other like... Disney wild nature documentaries. So this is a made-for-TV Canadian uh, mockumentary type thing. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. So fancy. It features the uh, narration of sexy man Mark Strong. So it's got some prestige to it. Sinestro himself steps up (laughs) to uh, uh, narrate this bad boy. Of course. Everyone loves and knows Mark Strong. Hey, I like Mark Strong. I think he's really cool. I have no idea who that is. He was Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie. I have no idea what that is. God damn it. Uh, Have you seen Kick-Ass? Yeah. He's uh, the bad guy, the dad in Kick-Ass. That's not Nicolas Cage. No, I have no. I cannot. The other dad. I cannot cannot remember. uh, You know Sunshine? The Danny Boyle movie? Yeah. He's in Sunshine. He's like uh, the captain or something in that. I, again, I, I'll have to, whatever. I, I believe you. It, I believe Jared. you. I believe you. Well, whatever. Oh, here. Great, I'm going to throw great, one more. Great, at great, you. Tell me about Great Martian War. God damn it. All right. Well, what, so, what, what's, great, the, what's, what's it do? What's this thing about? Okay. So this is a um, documentary style movie that is made in the vein of the History Channel documentaries. Uh, so it's like... So it takes place 1913, 1917. Well, the documentary takes place present day, but it's a documentary of 1913, 1917. And basically what it is, is what if a year before World War One started, I think that's accurate, or like the year that World War One started, what if Martians landed in Europe and uh, that's what World War One was. The entire, literally, the entire world at yeah. war with Martians instead of with each other. Right. Uh, so this is like an alternative history type thing. Um, but uh, so this thing kind of it plays out ex- exactly like a History Channel documentary does. Like there are certain paces that they all follow, like certain setup, certain teases of things. Uh, I, I said before, um, I think this thing is legitimately great uh i really fucking like this thing um it is so well put together and it's so like uh thoughtful and just well made that i think this thing is great i think people who aren't even weirdos like me and love aliens would really like this thing um it's a really unique 
so what I was saying before, um, it follows like the history channel stuff. And I think it does like a crazy good job with that. Like it kind of falls into, um, things that history channel does a lot. Like they'd use a lot of recycled footage. There's like, uh, those like bumpers that are like the really funny banners where it's like, and it's like the next thing, uh, there's like conspiracy theorist interviews, like kind of in in between all the real stuff because it's just like you know speculation um so it does a really good job uh like nailing the style that history channel documentaries have so i think that's one of the biggest things for it uh the other really good thing is um this thing feels totally real uh they use a really good mix of like um stock footage of actual world war one uh and then historical parallels uh like between what's happening with the aliens to certain events of world war one. Um, and it actually makes like a really believable and real story. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, and then on top of that, I think the alien, like the designs for the alien machines are fucking awesome. Well, it's very, They're, um, HG Wells war of the worlds kind of, right? That's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so the aliens, there's like different class, like different classes of them and they're kind of like military class. And I think that's wicked, uh, as well. And, um, it's like I saying they do, it's really well made where they like show you certain ones earlier on in the movie. And then, uh, as it progresses, like the timeline of the war, uh, you're introduced to like different classes of aliens and, uh, it's kind of like following this narrative, right? It's like, well, we only ever saw these big, there are these big monolith ones that basically look like huge beetles on uh, like walking legs. And they're going around like vaporizing people. And then you see that they have these little grunt guys that are like spiders that uh, they're kind of like the tripods. So that's the HG Wells thing. They're like tripods and they walk around, but they also have these uh, ribbon things that like kind of dangle out of them and kill people. Um, and then there's like there's a couple other classes of aliens too, um, yeah man this thing is fucking great I love this yes this is really good yes this because like I uh, told you to watch this because I didn't, yeah, yeah yeah well because like a few months ago I, uh, I I mean over the last few years I've always seen the 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 gifs from this and it was always like some like oh it's like old stock World War One footage and there's like these like alien ships kind of thrown in there and people yeah. try to pass it off. It's like, Oh yeah, man, it's real. Look at this. And be like, no, that's clearly CGI. Like it's not real, but it looks neat. It's, it's, it's yeah. well done. Um, and I just never thought anything of it. There's like, I'm not sure if maybe this also clip is from this, but there's like the one where it's like the dinosaur, like the Tyrannosaurus Rex with the machine gun from like World War II. Oh. Have you seen that one, that GIF? Uh, I, that's I, not in that, this. That's not in this. Okay. But... I've kind of figured it wasn't, but it's possible that maybe at the very end they're like, well, the next one we'll talk about World War II. <laughs> and like they just do it as like a yeah. thing at the very end. But uh, no, there's like a thing. These exist. People like to doofs things on the internet and pass them off as real. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, RJ. But, so, what? uh, yeah, uh, no, I was on, uh, so Stephen Bissett, uh, the artist on Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. Elmore Swamp Thing back in the day, he's a big movie guy, he used to own a rental store back when, and, uh, he was talking about this, and he was talking about this, like, really great film that should be on DVD somehow, and I was like, oh, that's actually a movie. It's a Canadian mm-hmm. thing? Like, I had no idea. No one talks about this thing at all. It seems to have just like dropped off. And uh, so yeah, I went looking for it and it was like, hey, RJ, this seems like it might be up your alley. So I'm glad you watched it for us. Fucking right. Well, I'm happy I watched it, man. I thought it was really, 
really got dang good. Uh, this was like the first thing I watched when uh, I woke up the morning. I had a, explosive diarrhea, so this one really hit the spot when I needed a when I needed a friend. We were feeling this really one hollow. was there for me. Yeah, yeah uh, I I will say like there's a couple times where you're the History Channel style. You're just like it dips a little bit. You're like, all right, it's kind of the same thing that we've seen before. Right. Speed it up a little bit. It gets a little bit boring, repetitive. But it's like I said, I think it's intentional because that's how those History Channel things play out. So I th- I think it's really well made. I think people should check it out if you're at all interested in aliens or history, I M- guess. Mockumentaries. Mockumentary, yeah. It's like I said, though, it's it's believable because uh, it parallels history in a, in a nice way where you're just like, this could have happened. Um, did you ever, you probably haven't, there's the one Peter Jackson mockumentary he did called Forgotten Silver back in the nineties. Uh, it's quite good. It's actually one of the better like mockumentaries I've seen where it like creates like a whole. Have aliens? No, it doesn't. Uh, I'm not interested. But it's good. Uh, I would throw that one out there as a a companion. Uh, it's just about, it's, it's very film nerdy. It's about like how this guy was making films before everybody else was. Mm. I follow. Yeah. I follow. Yeah. So uh, I only have one other movie for you. It was it was a pretty slow week, to be honest. I didn't huh. do a whole lot of watching. That's weird. We- yeah. It is weird. Yeah. Yeah. So what else do you Anyways, watch? Anyways, uh, well, I tried to... Uh, well, I watched some stuff for uh, our main <laughs> review. Some uh, some Bayham, as you like to call it. Yeah. Uh, some Michael Bay stuff or... Vis-a-vis some Nick Cage stuff. So uh, I popped on a Nick Cage movie that's been on my Netflix watch list for probably three years. Um, I watched a movie called Joe from 2013 from, I believe, future Criterion is Creep really director. That old? Yes, it is. Holy yes, crap. it is. I think this might have been one of those movies that was filmed and then like did festival circus but wasn't actually released like large scale until a year or two later. I don't oh. know. I don't really know. I could be totally off, but uh, so this was directed by David Gordon Green, uh, who I believe director is he of George not? Washington. George Washington, yeah. Yep. So future creeper, and uh, he also made that new Halloween movie that uh, everyone seems to be really hot and bothered on. Oh yeah. So that one coming out next year, but uh, you might—I know he—you really like him because of uh, his dips into humor, like Pineapple Express and things like that, <laughs> which I actually haven't watched yet. Mm, there you go there you go so uh joe is a movie uh about nicholas cage uh and he lives in an alabama-esque state i i'm not really sure where it is they could have mentioned but i don't know uh, so he lives in an alabama-esque state he runs a lumber crew um it's him he's he's kind of the boss the foreman him and uh, like eight or nine dudes that he picks up in his truck each day, like in the box, and they drive out to this woodland area. And uh, you learn that they're hired by a big construction company to kill all the trees in the area because if the trees are alive, they can't build there. So what Nick Cage and these guys do is they have these, they're kind of like sprayer tanks on their back, but they're hooked up to a hatchet. So you pump them and then they chop into the tree and it like injects um, like, um, like a pest, not a pesticide, but like a herbicide type yeah. uh, deal to kill the tree. So they're going around doing this stuff. Um, and you see Nicolas Cage, and he's kind of a, a gruff man. Uh, he doesn't really want much. He goes to work. He comes home. He lies on the couch, watches some TV, has a little drinky poo. 
he goes to the whorehouse sometimes. This sounds like um, a sad bastard movie. This is a sad bastard movie. Absolutely. This is a Jared pick oh. for sure. This is a, I, this is a Jared pick, uh, mostly because it's dirty and it features dirty people. Uh, so you see Nick Cage. And then on the other side of the fence, you see this kid, Ty Sheridan, uh, who you know now from hit movie Ready Player One. Uh, he is the lead in that. He's also Cyclops in the new Alien movies. Uh, but I first heard of this kid because of Joe and uh, that McConaughey movie, well, um, Mud. Um, this kid's a pretty good actor. I like him. He's pretty young in this. Uh, so he's like a dirty kid. And he comes to Nick Cage when they're chopping wood. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, "Can I? me and my dad have a job. And Nick Cage is like, yeah, come back tomorrow. And uh, you guys, if you work the day, I'll pay you. So the kid comes back and uh, he brings his deadbeat dad with him, who's this really dirty dude wearing this like uh, like old Letterman jacket. It says G-Dog on the back. Uh, and the dad's like a drunk, abusive dude who um, you see beat up the kid a little bit. And then you see him at the home. Their house is just like a shack that looks like it doesn't have power because the the dad and the mom just hang out drinking and smoking all day. So it's a dirty film of dirty people, like what Jarrett likes. Exactly. Uh, so I was watching this thing, and uh, I thought it was actually pretty good. Uh, I was pretty interested in, t- in it. I think this David Gordon Green is actually a pretty good director when he's not doing like – run-of-the-mill Seth Rogen comedy stuff. Um, Like, I think this one is actually, like, pretty well shot and well-directed. I only watched half of this movie. Oh, well, it's an hour and, like, 50 minutes. I watched an hour of it, and then I stopped it. Um, I might finish it one day. uh, I don't know. So I stopped at a point where um, whenever Nick Cage goes to the whorehouse, uh, he there's a dog there that barks a lot and he's like, he's like, I hate that dog. He's an asshole. And you're like, okay. And then you see Nick Cage go home and he has a pit. Uh, the dog at the whorehouse is like a German shepherd. And then he goes, Nick Cage goes home and he has a pit bull chained outside and uh, he feeds his pit bull and he just leaves it chained outside f- always. Um, and one day he has a really bad day and he goes to the whorehouse and the dog is barking at him a lot. And, um, He's like, I've, he's like, I've had it with this dog. He's an asshole. And the 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 ladies at the whorehouse are like, well, what do you want us to do? And he's like, ah, and he storms off. And you get this very moody, gritty sequence with no uh, just music where he drives home and he picks up his dog and he puts his dog in the back of his truck. And then you see him driving back out to the whorehouse with long shots of the dog waiting in his truck. And then you see him. He gets to the whorehouse. He opens up his truck. The dog runs out, runs up to the door, and you see Nick Cage go up and kick in the door of the whorehouse. And that's where I stopped, Jared. Because I assume that Nick Cage's dog probably kills the other dog. <laughs> uh, Michael Vick dog fighting style, I I believe. So uh, I was like, I don't need this. I don't need to watch this right now. You know, uh... I know where they're going. <laughs> What? We'll be talking about it later on, but uh, there's a there's a nice bit in uh, I guess it's uh, Bad Boys Two where uh, Martin Lawrence is rocking a Michael Vick uh, jersey. Yeah, see, uh, he might have been in in for this. There's some themes here yeah. connecting the dots. Yeah, some themes. Uh, uh, that's but that's yeah, so, so I, I stopped, but it's too bad because I I was actually liking this movie. Um, there were a few things that were like set up, like Nick Cage was in trouble with local gangsters that shoot him, and you're like, oh, that's weird. And then the abusive dad is like killing hobos. 
for their wine and you're like okay <laughs> so like there are a few things i was like i don't really know where these are going um it was okay but uh i'm probably never gonna finish it oh i think you might like the dirty people uh. so there you go huh. anyways yeah that's uh joe it was okay but huh. if anyone out there has seen it maybe you can let me know if it's worth finishing <laughs> right um well i got i got, you? I got a couple I got a couple movies nice. um for no particular reason other than my Blu-ray arrived on Friday, I busted it out and rewatched mm. Phantom Thread. Ooh, nice. It is one of Did those it hold up? Uh yes. Uh it's it's one of those rare occasions where uh where we say I'd rewatch that and <laughs> actually rewatch it. Uh so yeah, in in a time period of like having only seen it like in the last half a year. And yeah, uh so I watched it with Chanel this time because she didn't get to see it uh, while it was in theater. Um and it's very much in her wheelhouse of uh mm-hmm. being like about fabrics and labor and costume design Ooh. and construction and stuff like that, which is all are things that she's actually really into. And mm-hmm. uh it's a very Nerd. well told, well played movie. Uh, all these things are very obvious. Uh, the one takeaway of this time for me was, uh, well, after watching the movie, you know, a day later, I checked my Fitbit. I, I mentioned this in my letterboxed uh, review that like mm-hmm. my, my Fitbit registered me as being asleep for like over an hour in the time I was watching nice. this movie. And I was like, well, that's weird. And also seems weirdly familiar because I'm like, I think when I watched this back in February, the same thing happened. But I didn't fall asleep. Hmm. But so I don't know what it is, but like it seems like my heart rate drops to a level that is very similar to being asleep while watching this for around the same amount of time. And I'm curious where that actually kicks in because this movie just like <clears throat> completely holds my attention both times I've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's like obviously watching a movie on a big screen, like fully encompassed in the theater with like a surround sound system is like preferable. Um, but like yeah. I think all the I, I still feel very strongly about this movie. I think it's great. Uh, I don't think it's as good as There Will Be Blood or Punch Drunk Love, which I think are my mm-hmm. top my top two of his interchangeable. Yes. But Ag- I mean, agreed. But I mean, we we're uh, kind of like figuring out our rankings to, together, Chanel and I, and it's like you're splitting hairs. Like that top mm-hmm. the top five PT Anderson movies are pretty excellent, and then you have like The Master and Inherent Vice. Yeah, big... I agree. I mostly agree with you. Yeah, so that's about, I don't know. I don't think really you to add about this movie, other than there's like certain film references that are more obvious when you're rewatching yep. it, because now you're like not following it just for the story, but like for how information happens and how things are set up and how they play off later and stuff like that. It's all like, it's super well tuned. Um, what was uh, Chanel's first impression? Oh, she loved it. She thinks okay. it's, she she breaks nice. it like uh, she 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 doesn't know what she likes more because she just had watched it but she's like she loves mm-hmm. it as much as there will be blood, so nice. yeah for her it's like her, her like top type of movie but it's like when I watch it I'm like oh she'll love this like this will be like mm-hmm. totally a movie she's into but like I don't know it kind of bums me out because I've seen people that like uh, I generally have very similar taste to or respect their writing and they're just kind of like not into this at all hated this movie and I'm like what the fuck like, I don't know I don't get it I've heard a lot of people describe it as boring and I, I, I disagree I mean I disagree I guess there's like an aspect to like the fact that like my Fitbit reads me as falling asleep while watching it well, but, but like, that's because you're partially dead I guess but I don't know it puts you under a trance like it's such a yeah. uh, the music is really great uh, the score is like wow wonderful 
I mean, no, no surprises there, I guess. Mm-hmm. But some people, the, the, the score drives them nuts. They think it's too on the nose yeah. and too, con- like, it drives too much of the movie. But watching it again, I didn't feel that. Like, it actually does, like, know when to step back because, you know, P.T. Anderson's good at his job. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was, like, also kind of paying attention to, like, the cinematography because I've also seen some people, like, complain that he, since he shot at himself, it looked terrible or something like that. That movie looks amazing. It looks great. Yeah, it looks great. Yep. Um, I mean, there's like a couple of scenes. Like, there's like two, two or three occasions where like the color grading between shots really change and it's really dramatic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to make of that exactly, but it's like fine. Um, it's not like a it's film craft, buddy. <coughs> yeah. Ugh. I know. All together. I know. I gotta, You're embarrassing us. I got to blow my nose here soon. Fill it up, God buddy. It's damn dope. it. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, yeah. So Phantom Thread is still amazing. Uh, I'd have to watch Killing of a Sacred Deer again to like decide which is my favorite movie movie of the of the last year, because obviously Twin Peaks: The Return is like the best thing I watched last year. Yeah. But yeah, movie 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 movie. Nice. Did you watch anything else, or did you? I don't know. Did you watch anything this week? Well, I, I did watch in honor of us watching a movie about Alcatraz, and instead of just watching Escaping from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood, which I just seen mm-hmm. actually not that long ago, and it's a good, solid little movie. Yeah, I like that show. <laughs> I own that movie on Blu-ray. Yeah, I think we actually got it at the same time when it was on super sale from Amazon or something like that. That was when uh, Amazon glitched. Yeah, and uh, you could—I, honest to God, I got about 20, 20 Blu-rays for. I think four dollars and eight cents or something like that because it was like it was like it was supposed to be like five for twenty, but it was like five for twenty cents or something, something it, insane it, it, like that. Yeah, it was a ridiculous sale. <laughs> yeah, so I got I, yeah I got like twenty movies. Movies like I have no interest in watching either. Like I think I have the Blu-ray of War and Peace <laughs> because I was just like whatever. I was like it's eight cents. I'll fucking buy it. Yep. So, Great. anyways, and you didn't even stuff. watch it. You, I probably never will. You turkey. So, how about that? Well, I watched a movie that probably no one should watch called Terror on Alcatraz. Is it a horror movie? It sounds it's a, cool. It's a slasher. Um, nice. in, in concept, I guess. In practice, though, uh, no. So this movie, uh, mm. I like. I remember reading about this in a zine somewhere. It's got a really cool movie poster. Mm-hmm. And it sounds cool. Terror on Alcatraz. Yeah. <coughs> so this movie's Come start, on. It's going to be like this. It's getting get worse. You did this on purpose. No. <laughs> the only episode I care about, and you did this. Unbelievable. Bear, Anyways, keep bear, talking about this slasher film. Bear with me. So this movie yeah. starts out. It's just like about a big, thick, like, burly man with his, like, uh, like I guess you call her... Um, statuesque blonde that you can't understand why she's hanging out with this fucking thicko. And mm-hmm. it turns out this is like the Frank who escaped from Alcatraz all those decades ago, but he's come back to San Francisco for revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to make the, the screw that was abusing him back on Alcatraz pay. Oh shit. And he, and he, cause he's getting some award and he just mm-hmm. tracks him down and he kills him, uh, violently. And mm-hmm. he's like, it falls like him, like getting slashed up and then chasing him around to a construction site. He falls off a building, gets impaled mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, I did it. But that's not enough for this dude. So he goes on a tour, uh, to tour Alcatraz, a tour, uh, with the, okay. t- with the tourists. Um, tour and it's a bunch of like yuppies, your typical mm-hmm. slasher victims who are all going to Alcatraz to hang out. 
Uh, you go, you get to go on a tour, uh, and this guy's lurking around. And then these mm-hmm. people decide, ah, uh, the tour's over. Let's not go leave this island right now. Let's stick around and like spend the night. It'll be cool. It'll be groovy. Yeah. And it's not. I think nothing it doesn't groove. Nothing happens for a very long time. And then uh-huh. there's like two killers now because this old guy's going to kill these kids, and yeah. this other kid amongst them is also a killer. Hmm. Uh, this movie is uh, a quick to drag. Uh, and I, I kind of knew that going in because, like, the people I know that have seen this that would, like, lap this stuff up, they're all saying this was shit. And I was like, <laughs> well, maybe maybe they don't know what they're talking about. But no, this movie uh, is bad. Big, big boiling turd, eh? <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's got a ridiculous ending. Where like yeah. he like he wins like the, the this fucking burly asshole guy he like kills everybody, and now mm-hmm. he's like nah, now to go get my money out of the bank finally. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, and so he's and it's like <laughs> and so you get to see him like go to the bank and like talk to this like little old lady. And he gets to sign a card, prove it's himself, and he has to go down to like the, the the safety deposit box area down in the basement, and then like he's left mm-hmm. in there, and he's like laughing and counting his money. But then it turns out this old lady who works at the bank, she got that job decades ago because her son was one of the other inmates who tried to escape but drowned in the escape, and she was waiting for him to come and get the money one day, oh. and then she just like stabs him, and then like. Leaves him to die in the, the safety deposit vault, and like as he's like reaching out, the uh, the door of the thing gets closed, and his hand just explodes off, and it just ends. Uh, it, it's like so hacky and bad. Like, it's exactly what you would expect, I suppose, of a movie called Terror on Alcatraz. Uh, this movie has never come yeah. out on DVD. Uh, it ling- lingers on VHS, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Uh, I'm sure that one day uh, when this comes out, like from Arrow or something like that, all these people will be like, oh, man, I can't believe it's finally coming. Oh, I'm so stoked. <laughs> I can't wait to check it out. And then like it'll come out and people will go, oh, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. And the, was there any nudity? Uh, yeah, there were some tits. The, the, the blonde. Good ones? The blonde. Well, I don't know. Fine. <laughs> like, she, she's getting, like She gets a cigarette put out on her chest. Um Hmm. So is is that good? I don't know. That's what happens now that you remind me of it. Okay. <laughs> the movie is just like kind of boring, and grubby, but like not even in interesting ways. Right. It was a bust. Kind of like us. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like us. We're always a bust here. Uh, we usually are. Yeah. If that is what you mean. Yeah. And so that's you... exactly what you just said. So yep. there you go. Great. So, yep, that is it. That is all I watched, RJ. That's it. You didn't watch anything else this week. Yep, just like you didn't watch anything at all this week. Man, we're really bad at hosting this movie yep. podcast. Oh, whoa, that's weird. You know what, RJ? I just huh? noticed on Sunday, it's a full moon. A full moon? Yeah. That's kind of spooky. That is spooky. And you know what's weird? Huh. It'll what? be like in six months. It's Halloween. Are you sure? I think so. If my math, you do correct, that math right. If the physics add up, so it's a full moon, six month until Halloween. Yep. Hmm. And that me, might interest other people, but yeah. uh, you and me, we, we don't really like that stuff. Yeah, we don't watch movies either. No, not really. All right. Well, enough of that chat. Hey, RJ, got any news for us? Shit. 
shit. I didn't even look at news. I'll cruise it right now real quick. I don't know <laughs> if you got any news. Um, not per se. I've been checking mm. that. I've been checking that Feedly, and uh, I don't know. There's like oh, things happening. Ven- that Venom trailer ca- caused quite the stir. Oh, yes. I thought he looked good. I don't know what people are complaining about. Did, did you watch the trailer? Uh, without sound. <laughs> well, you watched that clip, that five-second yeah, clip. Yeah, just of the, the clip okay. at the end. It wasn't that that was bugging people. What were people uh, okay. bugged out about? So I, I watched the trailer. Going yeah. in, like, I have no expectations. Uh, it yeah. looks like probably like 15 years out Too of late. date. Like, yeah. the feel of it is like, oh, this feels like, you know, an early 2000s superhero movie. Uh, Tom Hardy's busting out some weird new accent because that's how Tom Hardy rolls. Uh, but there's like, the, I can't remember the name of the actress, Jenny Slate or something like that. She like. Yeah, Marcel the Shell. So she's like, uh, she's the scientist. Okay. And when it comes to talking about the symbiote, she says yeah. symbiote. Symbiote or, or, or symbiote? Symbiote. Symbi- symbiote. That's what she I said. I saw someone put a Holland Oates album up, and it had a picture of Venom on that's there. It. Is that what? That's yeah. what that's from. Yeah. So she says it twice in the trailer, and this like really upset people because everyone's like, "What the fuck is she saying?" And I mean, it actually is a a, a way to say that, but just no yeah. one no one says that ever anywhere. Mm-hmm. So people are really banging on about that, and there's people like Penn Dancer. Actually, that is an accurate way of saying it, but it's like it doesn't matter. The fact that it's like the only thing people are saying about your shitty trailer, uh, that's like not a good thing. You don't distract people with like mm-hmm. weird pronunciations of words. Redub that. Redo it. Yeah, you could <laughs> do that. Um, that's funny. I thought people were mad at the way he looked, and I was like, I don't know. I think he looks pretty good. I don't know what people complain about, girl. People were getting down on that too. They were. They. Uh, yeah. I thought he looked pretty good. I don't know what the problem is. Some of the CGI in that trailer, you, you see a little bit of it. It's like, oh, that's what they're yeah, doing with not... Venom. It's and also it seems like there's not enough just Venoming. Uh, I don't. Know, people are really picking on this thing in a weird way that like. Oh. They, yeah, he's just, there's no Venom in it. Yeah, or it's like you see him for that one bit because they wanted to save that. So it's like, well, how much Venom is there actually going to be in this Venom movie? Because yeah. that's always not a enough. That's the thing. It's like because you could just, so you don't even need a guy. You just need a CGI uh, Venom. That sucks. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be. I think people will want that. I heard a thing where people are like, uh, Tom Hardy's doing double duty, voicing both Eddie Brock and Venom, <coughs> and it was like a news article everywhere. And I was like, is like, is that news? Yeah. Why would he not voice both of them? Yeah. In what world does a character playing? T- does an actor playing two characters not voice both of them? Even if it's like computer altered, like what what world is this that we live in? I don't know, man. I don't know. What hey, did you are. see that picture of John Travolta in that movie Moose directed no. by Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst? No. no. Yeah, I'm going to put that on Instagram later. It's pretty funny. Okay. Kind of looks like you. Are you looking it up right now? No, I'm just I'm doing a skim job here. Uh, a skim job? Well, Vern Troyer died. That's sad. He, lots of people died. So many people yeah. died this week. Yeah, uh, Twin Peaks alumni died. Which one? Pamela Gidley has died at 52. Oh, Teresa Banks. That's right. There you go. There you go, baby. Well. Uh, did you know that this uh, The Secret Life of Pets 2 will be the first animated role for Mr. Harrison Ford? Uh, I did not. But. This is what it's come to. 
I'm shaken. And stirred? Uh, we... <laughs> Let's keep rolling, baby. Holy crap, that was horrible. Anyways, <laughs> hey, we got, we, got, we got a movie to talk about and a director's oeuvre to tackle. Let's hit it. After the break, uh, welcome to The Rock. The hell was that? Off of Michael Bay. never seen combat you're a chemical freak <laughs> i'm a chemical super freak actually and another who's been out of action for 30 years show us on the blueprints i can't my blueprint was in my head fortunately some things you never forget but don't worry it'll all come back to me
From Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, the producers of Top Gun and Crimson Tide, and Michael Bay, the director of Bad Boys. Welcome to The Rock. We got visitors. Sean Connery. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Listen, I'm just a biochemist. I drive a Volvo. Beige one. So what do you say you cut me some friggin' slack? Ed Harris. Fire. Summer. Get ready to rock. And we're back. And we're talking. The Rock. Directed by Michael Bay. From 1996. We got a little synopsis here. Via the friends at Letterboxd. First off, a tagline. Alcatraz. Only one man has ever broken out. Now five million lives depend on two men breaking in. And a little synopsis here. FBI chemical warfare expert Stanley Goodspeed is sent on an urgent mission with a former British spy, John Patrick Mason, to stop General Francis X. Hummel from launching chemical weapons on Alcatraz Island into San Francisco. General Hummel demands $100 million in war reparations to be paid to the families of slain servicemen who died on covert operations. After their SEAL team is wiped out, Stanley and John deal with the soldiers on their own. So we're talking about The Rock here on the Criterion Creeps. I don't know if I mentioned that, but this is the Criterion Creeps. We're talking about The Rock uh, this is an all-time banger for me. Uh, the only reason I agreed to do this podcast was because I knew that one day we would want eventually come to The Rock. Uh, I love The Rock. I think it's wicked good. I haven't seen it in probably 10 to 15 years. Uh, this is Like a prison sentence. Like a prison sentence. 10 to 15, man. A hard 10 to 15. Um, if you are a fan of the show and you've been listening, uh, this is one of those films you could file under Sundays at my grandparents. Uh, as I've mentioned, they didn't really own a lot of movies. They had like 10 on VHS and this was one of them. Uh, and this was one that, uh, my grandma didn't usually like us to watch because this was a serious ass movie. This had some hard shit in it, man. People were swearing, people were melting, people were blowing up. So uh, grandma didn't really like it when uh, the kids were watching The Rock. So it made it even more tempting. Forbidden fruit, you could say. So I have a lurid history with The Rock. It was always a movie that felt like it was exciting to watch it. It was like, ooh, man, grandma doesn't want me to watch this movie. This is serious shit. Uh, what else? What else is there to talk about The Rock? You want me to hit it a little bit or you want to get into it? You, you go... 
Um, I'm I'm a little caught off guard because Jarrett didn't tell me I would be introducing the movie. So here I am introducing the movie. Um, I have many many notes. Uh, my first, I guess I'll, I'll just talk about The Rock briefly. Uh, you know what happens? Uh, we got Ed Harris. He's got those chemical weapons, and he goes into Alcatraz because it is an impenetrable fortress, and it is ideal distance between there and San Francisco. So they're going to blow up a bunch of dudes with chemical weapons. Uh, this is serious-ass chemical weapons. You see in a uh, in the intro when they steal them, uh, the weapons are behind a padlocked door, which I feel is not enough security. Yeah, there's two guys in the room, and there's like a scan card thing, but I feel like that's not enough for uh, what Nicolas Cage says are weapons that we shouldn't have invented because they will destroy humanity. So they steal this, and uh, one guy dies, and you're like, oh, shit, those green balls, that's serious stuff. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, you're introduced to Nick Cage's character, Mr. Stanley Goodspeed. He is a crackerjack chemist. Uh, You see him with a box from Bosnia or something, which they think has searing gas in it. Uh, And you're introduced to the hero because he's, like, dismantling this bomb, and he's cool, and he's collected. And you're like, God damn, that guy knows how to handle himself. But then in the next scene, or in the scene previous, he's like, I am a Beatlemaniac. Uh, and it's really off-putting. And then there's really conflicting scenes where he's like really awkward and uncomfortable and doesn't know how to talk. But then he's also a superhero. So I feel like they, they weren't really sure what to do with this guy. I don't know if that's Nick Cage or if that's Michael B. Who knows? So anyways, uh, you got this guy, and then uh, they're like, oh, shit, we need to break in Alcatraz to de, uh, disarm these bombs. And they're like, well, no one knows how to do that. No one except a super sexy Sean Connery. He's got super long hair. He's been in jail for a long time. I'm guessing his fingernails are really long and out of control. We don't know. Uh, so they go and they talk to him. He takes little convincing to agree to it pretty well. Uh, he's got, and the, he's got on, that pardon to look forward to. Yeah, pardon. But he never really buys that. Uh, and he also has a super – he's got a power play where he just takes a – he uses that little quarter, scratches the the two-way glass and smashes it, which I think is one of the funniest scenes of the movie because it's just him with his long hair looking through the window. And he's like, Womack, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, I think that is really funny. Um so anyways, what's going on here? Uh, Nick Cage and Sean Connery team up. They go to the prison, led by the guy from Aliens, whatever his name was. Uh, and then you have Ed Harris's crew. And uh, I wrote down, the boy. all the boys are here. Uh, at 17 minutes and 45 seconds, you see all the boys. Boys like David Morse, William Forsyth, uh, John C. McGinley, Bookham Woodbine, T- Tony Todd, all those uh, guys that you're just like, yeah, they are military men. They're yeah. badass. Candyman. The, Candyman. Uh, the only one you were missing was uh, the guy from The Dark Knight, uh, the bank guy who's in oh, Armageddon. Fitchner. William Fitchner. Yeah, he, he, he was the He wasn't only quite on the map missing. yet. Yeah. Yeah, he would be when Armageddon would come around. That's right. But uh, yeah, so he was the only guy missing. Other than that, I was like, they fucking nailed it. They got every hard, hard dude they could get in that, this one. That's kind of Michael Bay's thing. Hard dudes? Get, no, just yeah, getting, like, these, like getting crazy score, like crazy casts, like together of, of guys. Who doesn't? I, I remember when uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was coming out a couple years ago, 
and they had that bumper uh, in the trailers with Will Arnett, and he's like, "It's Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles. What else do we have to say?" And like everyone <laughs> in the theater would be like, "Yeah, yeah, you're so right. It is Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles." Uh, so that's your, all I can uh, think of. Your, your Will Arnett. Uh... <laughs> Was it good? Yeah, it captured it well. <laughs> nice. I, used think of, I used to think of Job. It's. <laughs> I feel bad for Will Arnett because like the dude got divorced and he's clearly taken on roles he doesn't want, like. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, anyways, I whenever I think of Michael Bay now, I just think of Will Arnett just just dying inside. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, Nick Cage and Sean Connery break in, and they got to go covert, and they have to dismantle all these bombs that you are told are very risky and sensitive. And at the same time, they are dealing with Ed Harris's uh, goons, and uh, that's The Rock, man. Um, I think this is peak Michael Bay. Uh, in the first 20 seconds of this movie, you have American flakes. You have helicopters over sunsets. You have military burials. And you have flames coming at the camera. Uh, all in the first half a minute of this movie. So this is the top of the top, man. Uh, I think this movie has examples of everything Michael Bay is known for. Uh, machoism things that don't make sense action. That's like distracting. Uh, I think the car chase in this movie is real bad and real boring. Uh, it has my most hated thing in car chases ever. Uh, when uh, the character in the car goes move, move and is waving their hand. It's like the guys are like a hundred feet ahead of you. They're not in the car with you. They can't hear you. Why are you shouting move at them? Like, what are you doing? Uh, I hate that. So it has a really bad car scene. Uh, There are unnecessary explosions that don't make sense. Like when the trolley cart uh, slowly crashes into a car and there is a gigantic explosion. (laughs) And you're just like, what is that thing made of? Um, There are scenes where you feel like Michael Bay doesn't understand what the military is, uh, (laughs) but he's like trying his best. Uh, You get that the entire time Ed Harris is on screen where he's like, but it's like somewhat heroic because he's like, "I'm, I'm trying to get the reparations for fallen soldiers. So like the movie is really smart in that sense because it's almost foolproof because it's like, well, if you don't like this movie, you're on American. (laughs) <laughs> because what do you what do you want dead soldiers what do you want dead soldiers to be broke their families what are you a fucking animal so like and that's a trend i found in michael bay movies as well so this movie has that uh this movie has classic things like uh the rich guy getting his uh where it's like uh where like a rich guy or the authority figure has like a fancy car and then it gets like smoked there's like scenes like that in this uh there is um inappropriate uh things towards uh different races and people of different sexual orientation <laughs> which uh i think you had a good uh a good way to describe that the uh, gay panic mm-hmm. uh there's some of that in here um what else is there uh this thing's got it all man um the bad chasing uh i think there is the the shoehorned in romance that is really out of place and really brings it down so you have this girlfriend in nick cage who's supposed to like ground the story for you because she's pregnant and because she's in san francisco for like 
the dumbest reason he's like don't come to san francisco and she's like i'm coming to san francisco and it's like fuck that's dumb uh but it's like i think it's supposed to ground his character so there's like a real threat he's like i can't let a single missile get through because my girlfriend my pregnant girlfriend is on the island and it's like or on san francisco but it's like I think there's a the stakes are high enough because the entire city of San Francisco yeah. is literally about to be decimated. You don't need like one character to be there to ground it. So I think that's kind of silly. Uh, and then I think uh, the last thing I'll say is uh, it also has the ridiculousness of Michael Bay, which I kind of love. Um, like the fact that there's the Donkey Kong style cart, like mine carts underneath Alcatraz. Uh, maybe that's real. I don't know. Uh, it's in a Michael Bay movie, so that's cool. Uh, it's I like kind of the... in a Broken Arrow as well. Which, oh, so maybe which, it's a real which, thing. Which, I, no, it's just a movie thing. That's for sure. Yeah, so, I, I think so it's like, like Temple of Doom. I think it goes back to I at least see. Temple of Doom. So there's crazy stuff like that. Uh, there are scenes where I wrote down a time code. So if anyone's asking, I can tell you. At one hour, 10 minutes, and 40 seconds, there's a scene where a guy is just pressing buttons. He is literally just pressing buttons on a wall with no n- no logic to it at all. But, you know, whatever. I like it. Um uh, what was I going to say? There's all the like stuff with guys smashing glass, uh, Nick Cage playing guitar, um, I, uh, which is ridiculous. The fact that he's a Beatles fan is ridiculous. Is, is this the last thing that you had to say? <laughs> uh, no, it's I. it was. Uh, so two more things. Um, one thing is this movie has like grammatical errors in it. And I found that like really fucking weird. Like there's a scene where um, – Ed Harris is like talking about like them being called as Patriots. He's like, you know, they were called Patriots and in, in time, so shall we. And like, you think he's going to say more stuff, but he doesn't. And you're just like, wait a minute. That doesn't really make sense. Like there are certain times where dialogue doesn't make sense. It's like, that's not how English works. It's not. That's how Um, film editing works, RJ. Film editing, yeah. So there are times like that. And then, okay, the last thing I'll say is I was talking about the ridiculousness. Uh, I like how in this movie uh, they confirm that Roswell, we found aliens. And I it's like the end of the movie. And I just like – I think it's amazing because it's like that's peak Michael Bay. Just to throw in a little nugget like that, it's like, it's like oh, yeah, the Roswell landing. Okay, okay. And it's just like a throwaway line. It's like, wait a minute. Did you just like offhand confirm that aliens exist? I love it. Yeah. I love it. So uh, that's my rundown of The Rock. Uh, I'm uh, interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, oh, by the way, um, I used to really like this movie. As I said, it made me excited because it was like forbidden fruit. Um, I don't think it is the best movie. Mm. Uh, um, I would say I would even go out on a limb to say I think Armageddon is better than this. Mm. Um, I think this one's cooler for sure. Like all the chemical warfare stuff and Nick Cage and Sean Connery. It's a cooler movie and I had a really fond memory of it. But uh, watching it for the first time in 10, 15 years, I was like, man, I was like, this movie's got a few things going for it that – I don't know about this. It's a little goofy. So anyways, I think uh, The Rock is, it's nostalgically enjoyable. Uh, I could see people of today watching it just fucking hating this thing. And that's fine too. Um, 
needless to say, it is the second most controversial Criterion Collection pick ever next to Armageddon. So, I don't know. That's cool on its own, I guess. But uh, what do you think, Jared? What do you think of The Rock? Well, RJ, um, mm-hmm. so I saw that rock in theater when I was a lad. Nice. Um, this is one of like maybe eight movies I saw in theater with my mom. Um, this is like this movie came out in that window of time where like my mom would actually go to a theater. I don't think she's been to a theater in like over fifteen years. Um, which nice. which I think is like a common thing amongst moms. Uh, many moms I know of just do not go to theaters. They do not have time. They they don't like the whole idea of having to go out. Because some people even like, oh, I have to go like get dressed up to go to the theater. And I'm like, no, mom, it's it's not like that anymore. It hasn't been for a very long time. Wait a minute, are you telling me you don't get all dressed up to go to the theater? Gussied. I've been to the theater with you. Gussied up. Yeah, you and your uh, rompers and your little frill uh, hula hoop skirt skirts or yeah. Whatever. Um, so yeah, so th- I remember seeing this with <clears throat> with the family. We went to that yes. The Rock because when this movie came out back in 1996, it was a big deal. Sure was. Be- people are all about this being like this big defining action movie of the era, which you could say it was absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it definitely made that one like weird like kind of like sex scene. Uh, that's like the one thing that I'll always remember being like, ooh. That was kind of awkward. And it's like watching it again. It's like, it's not that explicit or anything like that, but just his, uh, Nicholas Cage's girlfriend, just, uh, grinding around in his lap. Mm. With- yeah. You should make a list uh, of sex scenes you've watched with your mom. Uh, I have two, I can think of offhand, uh, man on the moon with, uh, Jim Carrey when he's at the whorehouse, yep. which isn't the worst, not the most explicit, but you know, which one is the worst. Hmm. Uh, I watched scary movie with my mom and there's the, uh, the ejaculate scene where the, the lady blows onto the roof. Uh, that one was a little awkward. So, well, anyways, anyways, so this is a, a Simpson Bruckheimer, uh, number. And of course this movie is also dedicated to the passing of Don Simpson, um, who died. Yeah. So now we don't need him. Now it's just Jerry Bruckheimer all day, Mm -hmm. every day. Um, I don't even know what I wrote this note about. <laughs> why? Uh, why does RJ talk about these old piece of shits no one talk should care about anymore? What are you talking about? Are you uh, talking about The Rock? Yeah, this is one of those movies that I was like, why does RJ, why is he obsessed about these movies? I think that was the question I was asking myself <laughs> when I was about to watch While it. While watching it? Yeah, when I was about to watch it. Because welcome to The Rock, baby. So, slow motion. That driving mm-hmm. Michael Bay music, it doesn't matter who does the score for a Michael Bay oh, movie. Yeah. It doesn't matter because everyone is expected to deliver that Michael Bay sound. Uh, they all have them. Yeah. And I was like, are these made by the same per- people? It's like, no, he, he goes through music people all the time. He just finds different people to do it because it doesn't matter. Something hard charging, some drums, some just no, no, no. And then later some, some guitar riffs. Got to throw those out there. I think the music's real bad in this one, by the way. I never mentioned that, but I thought the music was really like, Ugh. It's Michael Bay music, man. Yeah, I know. It's what it I is. Um, I think I just wrote dramaturgy because it's just like, man, I know people who are really are into the rock. Probably still. And they probably haven't watched like it. Like me? For, 
No, like people. So one of my uh, buddies in junior high, Tim Anderson. Nice shout out. He was like obsessed with this movie. And that's probably why like this movie in my mind, I feel like has like a, had a high regard to it. I remember being, yeah, that movie's pretty cool. But Mm -hmm. Tim, he like loved this movie so much. He like, he wanted to be a Navy SEAL because of this movie. But he was like, five foot nine and like 150 pounds. Um, all, all the seals die in this movie though. Oh, but that You'd scene, be better off to that, be a chemist. That scene pissed him off. That scene Where they all die? Off. Yeah. He's like, it's bullshit. You and, can't kill a seal. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, lo- he loved this movie, but he said it was bullshit. This movie was bullshit because they killed the seals. And they wouldn't go out like that. They wouldn't be fucked over like that. No way. It's bullshit. That's, the sort, that's the sort of guy he was. Yeah. Um, but yes, American flags and just like just rain and like and yep. it's it's laying it all out for you. Uh, this movie's got the ugliest like opening credit card I've ever seen. Like when it's the like the rock. rock and like the it's like this like uh, frame of flames, but it's like overblown. Like they shot mm-hmm. a footage, but they're like, oh we need it closer, and they just have it underneath the black text. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like it looks so shitty. So cool. It's like oh yeah, shitty. I mean yeah. Um, so the whole thing is setting up how like Ed Harris is a patriot. He is a good man driven to do bad things because the government has failed him. Yeah. Well, he's trying his best, man. That's what I mean. If you don't support him, you're unpatriotic. (coughs) You're un-American, baby. Yeah. So Ted, so old Ted Harris, uh, Ed, Mm -hmm. um, he like just is talking out loud, uh, to his wife's grave. And like explaining things in a way that there's no ambiguity because you never know who's going to watch your movie. Maybe they won't understand if you just like let them like story tell itself. Yep. And yet more driving triumphant music. Ooh. Uh, and yet we get like, uh, like yeah, Michael Bay loves shooting stuff at night with blue, yeah. blue lighting and rain. Those are like a couple of his favorite things. And there's like certain like ways that he has his cinematographer shoot stuff where it's like, oh, it's like, is this the same movie? Like watching Bad Boys, uh, I was like, oh, that's like uh, the same shot again. And like eight years later. Mm-hmm. So uh, here we have the, yeah, again, the break in to the chemical plant. Uh, we, get, we get a bunch of dual weed wielding uh, guys oh, like yeah. d- double gunning. And uh, because that's more, you know, reliable way of shooting stuff. Usually. Well, it's like, so like in John Woo movies, it's kind of cool. It works. Yeah. You, and you would think that like Michael Bay would be like, he's one of those guys who's like super into gear and he's super mm-hmm. into the military that he'd like, I don't know, <coughs> listen to experts about like how stuff would go down. But he's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm sure in the commentary track for this, he'd be like, no, it doesn't look way cooler to do it that way. Like that's. <laughs> who are you to say <coughs> different? Well, like, exactly. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, so from a plot stamp, from like a drama movie construction standpoint, I do like the use of the chemical weapon demo where you get the guy who drops yeah. one of the gems and you get like, uh, probably like a nice, like throwback to like RoboCop with a man melting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was, part's awesome. Yeah. That part, like, I remember like that was like, when I was like, I don't know how old was I when this movie came out? Uh, 13 that that mm-hmm. bit kind of freaked me out because i was like oh god chemical weapons that's like horrifying it could happen to yep. me and it's like great because mm-hmm. it sets up this idea that hey this when we set the whole rest of the plot in motion people will have that visual in their mind when they're thinking yep. about what's going to happen to san francisco yeah i uh i also forgot to mention i love the design 
of the uh, chemical weapon. I love the green orbs. They're oh, so the, cool. The, the pearl. Uh, yeah, the pearls. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's so badass. It's very. So cool. It's it's super memorable. Like it's one of those things yeah. that like it's so iconic along with this movie, even if it makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Nicholas Cage is a guy who pays six hundred dollars for a Beatles LP. He's a Beatle maniac. <coughs> I don't know. That that seems like a really high price in like nineteen ninety six, but. Probably. That was like right after like the Beatle anthology had come out and like Beatles were probably really popular again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think he overpaid for that potentially. Uh, people, vinyl uh, enthusiasts, you can let me know if I'm wrong on that. I hope um, they do. And so, yeah, I hope they call uh, once, you. Ag- once again, we have Michael Bay presenting like science is like really sexy and goofy and male yeah. and like, uh, like, High, like it's just exactly what you expect if you see seen Armageddon. It's uh, Michael that's Bay's it, world of cool. That's what it was like when I worked in the science lab. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I thought it was pretty accurate. Yeah, uh, you yeah. would know. I would. Uh, so yeah, Bosnia. Uh, that is very yeah. 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Bosnia, it was really a place, you guys. It sure was. And uh, that's. People know what that means because they watch CNN. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, it's Bob from UHF. Uh, that guy, he's in yeah. this. That was cool. Um, and yeah, so we get the whole exciting uh, scene with like doll exploding out gas and bombs mm-hmm. and camera spiraling all out of craziness. It's just like a exciting scene just for the sake oh, of having yeah. an exciting scene, I guess. Well, you got to see how good he is. Right, right. He works great under pressure. You got to see how good he is. But even though, like, he's a total goof. Yeah. Like the interrogation scene, like, totally negates that entire the entire that scene because it's like he goes and seems like, oh, I can dismantle a bomb, but I can't talk to this old man. It's about scenes. Yeah, it's, about, it's it's all about scenes in the moment, and then you just go to the next one. Uh, yeah. That next moment, I guess, is when he, uh, we see him in his like massive apartment in San Francisco. Yeah, or not San Francisco, wherever the fuck they're based out of. Uh, uh, somewhere else, but somewhere they're playing else. guitar. It's huge. It's like the biggest yeah. apartment. It's like one of those great movie apartments that don't exist in real worlds. Um, yeah. and he's just strumming his guitar and talking about how he saved the world. We get a lot of like um, uh, AM radio. Uh, music yep. plan. We um, sure do. We get the whole the, the one line I always think of is like it'd be a cruel thing to bring a child to this world, and then I'm three weeks pregnant because apparently people could know if they're three weeks pregnant. That seems soon to me. What have you never taken the test? I personally have not. Poser. But uh, I think that seems quick to know how many weeks you are. Other than it's just like it's a line in the movie. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Um, and then we get uh, we're, then we get to Alcatraz, and uh, we get the whole rest. The plot's going now. Ed Harris shows up with his weapons, but not before we get uh, one of those f- uh, famous little things that you get in Michael Bay movies, which is like fat dorky people. He really likes fat dorky people, making uh, fun of fat people. <laughs> yeah, just like they're goofs. They're there to be amused by you. Yeah. Uh, his socks are uneven. He's like a real goof um mm-hmm. and that's it and it's like especially by like real big to- tony todd like men who just toss mm-hmm. people aside um yeah and and then we get uh my note here michael bay black americans with sayings uh, unfortunate yeah so 
is that I'm trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out if I jumped ahead too much. I can't even remember when they start saying this stuff, but it's always like in his movies where like yeah. if there's a moment for like an African American to react to something, and they mm-hmm. they do and they they say fucker they swear and they're real mm-hmm. they're just they're just there for entertainment with every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I'm not the first person to notice this. It's just like, oh Michael Bay, black men, black women, they're all they, mm-hmm. all, they all sings. Uh, yeah, because oh, it's what it is is because they're getting locked up in the in the all the, the tourists are being uh, locked oh, up. Oh, yeah. you know, he's like, what kind of prison is this? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I know. I went to Michael Bay's school of acting. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Was it all motherfucker? No. Uh. See, it's just like oh, mm-hmm. Bay. Well, I think that that ugly thing rears its head even more in the Transformers movies, where there is oh, no race to the robots, either. but you know, you know what he was going for. Oh yeah, they got grills. So, they got grills, man, and they break dance and. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we get that scene with uh, the guy who really likes Michael Bolton from Office Space explaining how mm-hmm. the, the motion sensors, because it has to like explain this yeah. thing out very clearly. Because Michael Bay doesn't respect the audience, he or he he knows his audience is dumb, mm-hmm. <coughs> and uh, <clears throat> he will he'll he doesn't want ambiguity. He wants everything to be plain. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get the big speech about yeah. Uh, some people call us terrorists and we're doing wrong things. Well, you know, a few guys like uh, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were branded terrorists too. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, sick. Now now they call them patriots. Yeah. Um, so Why? What are you, Amon? There's like, okay, I had to take a swig there. Uh-huh. Uh, $1 million to live abroad for the rest of your life. Uh-uh. That, that doesn't sound really awesome now in 2018 when dudes are spending no. $600 on like first pressings of like Beatles LPs in like 1996. Yeah, they they could have bumped it up a little higher because like $100 million, I think the government would have just said yes. They probably would have paid that out. Yeah, well, it's like in like each of Not these like much. each of these like mercenaries now they're getting a million dollars for this one thing. I'm like, geez, like, is this what is this what you're willing to do? Never to be able to set foot on your homeland ever again? And it's like, oh, just a million dollars? Like, fuck, it's man. Not that bad. They could have came to Canada. I guess. Right. You got to go where that extradition treaty doesn't exist, though. Yeah. Yeah, I got to plan this mm. stuff out. Uh, anyways, uh, we got a great scene, of course, that j- like right out of Armageddon school of uh, like template yeah. of like this is a teaspoon of the stuff does this in the atmosphere mm-hmm. it kills this much. It's like it's the it's the size of Texas, Mr. President scene. Get, <laughs> I love that so and much. You get, get the picture. You always like this is like uh, vintage Bay. Vintage. Uh, yeah, we got uh, Philip Baker Hall showing up. Uh, I guess sometime uh, after. Uh, P.T. Anderson's Heart Eight, uh, just be around the same time actually. Guitar riffs. Hey, how's that go again? <coughs> oh, guitar riffs. Uh, nice. Nothing, nothing makes a movie shittier than with guitar riffs. Anyway, so hey, I'm I'm on record saying I don't like Sean Connery much as an actor. Yeah, you are that guy. Yeah, aren't I am. You? Uh, he's. This is like that window of time where I think he's fine, where mm-hmm. he's like, uh, like kind of uh, Last Crusade, 
up where he's kind of like not the main actor who has to carry everything. He's just like, he gets to have fun now and he's old man, even though he's like, he's not even that old at this point. He's just gray and white. Yep. But I don't know. I don't really appreciate the Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage camaraderie stuff. It's very like there. It's nothing special. And it's going to carry the whole movie. And it's like, I think that's what kind of mitigates this movie to kind of just like, oh, territory. It's not good. And that's like where the script really shines through. Like there's a scene where Nick Cage is disarming like the first bomb. And uh, Sean Connery is like, he was like, what is this? Like a bomb or something? And Nick Cage like it, like freaks out on him. He's like, listen, man, like this is a lot of under pressure. Yeah, I'm a little bit under pressure. So why don't you <laughs> cut me a freaking break? And it's it, he says it like not like quite like that, but he's like, why don't you cut me a freaking break, man? And like he says friggin' or something, not even fucking. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, hard, and then, hard uh, F. And then it like goes to uh, Sean Connery's face, and he like with just totally no enthusiasm. He's like, oh okay, you should have just said all right, whatever. He's like, he's like, if it meant that much to you, okay. And you're just like, man, he doesn't – He these guys do not read well together, like no. off of each other. No, they're very uh, – I don't know, there. And what you, about that scene where Sean Count Connery gives a thumbs up? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we get Sean Connery getting the line of grunge. <laughs> grunge. Ugh, that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I got a list of them, and they're always in all caps, so I always know who said them. Uh, you keep your list. I just realized I'm going to send you various pictures of the film while we podcast. Okay. So you, you don't have to react. be watching at all the time or react, but uh, okay. I sent you a pretty cherry one earlier. Hmm. Fascinating. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, then we get the thing where Sean Connery now agrees to like help out, do the thing, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then we, but he's like, oh, before I agree, I, we got to get a new haircut. Which of course means introduce in, uh, in comes the hairstylist who's the gay character. Gay, and mm-hmm. you have to just go. Oh God, I'm really uncomfortable now because Michael Bay. Um, yeah. So, hey, you know how he likes those black people. You know how he's gonna have to handle those gay people. And it's just like whatever. This is like very much of the time. If you ever watch like The Birdcage and like yeah. every fucking movie from the '90s that has a comedy gay character, it was this. You can watch. There's an entire documentary on it called The Cellulite Closet. You should watch that. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna watch this scene oh, again. Yeah. The, yeah. So anyway, this it hasn't aged well. We'll just leave yeah. it at that. Uh, we get uh, our first like Michael Bay obsession with uh, the song "Leaving on a Jet Plane." Uh, yeah, that does come up quite a bit, eh? Yeah, and it comes back, right, in Armageddon. So, themes. Uh, I'm pretty sure that a rope would tear through a man's hand if he was dropped off a building like that. Oh, fuck. If not that, like, his hand or arm would have came off completely. But, I mean, don't worry about that. Yeah, so, yeah, we get the escape, which leads to that car chase that RJ mentioned not being particularly good. It's so bad. I've got a, I got a hot take here, RJ. Yeah. I think Michael Bay is kind of a bad action director. You know what? We'll get there, but I watched a recent Michael Bay movie, a war movie about action called 13 hours. <laughs> and that movie has bad action in it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get there, but I, I've also come to this conclusion. Yeah. So, so uh, a few things about this car chase. 
I wonder if Humvee sales went up after this movie. Guaranteed. Oh, uh, my next note. Oh, what a shitty car chase. Like, it sucks. Like, mm-hmm. it's so badly edited. Yeah. Uh, like, it's not even, like, the cliche of uh, Michael Bay edits. Like, oh, he's just, like, it's all, like, oh, too many cuts, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, he doesn't, like, shoot stuff to let it, the moments breathe and tell the story well. Like, you don't really know what's going on. You don't have enough time to, like, get that, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, which you should get when you're watching a car chase. Uh, and considering this guy is, like, he is one of the world's most famous action directors. Like, his entire yeah. career is making action movies. Mm-hmm. He's pe- he's terrible. How can you not? And it's in San Francisco. Yeah. It's it's the town of Bullet, the most like yep. iconic car chase in film history. And uh, let's let's do a bad one. Uh, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I'll let you guess who said this line. I hope you're insured. Um, a black character? No, that was Sean Connery. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's like one of those lines that they put in after the fact, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just oh. Because it's like he just turned to like admire his like sideswipe, and he just throw in a that because it'll punch it up. It'll be funny. When, when would anyone ever not be insured? Like <laughs> why, honestly, why, why would he be worried about it? But why would he care? It's like yelling "move" at people. Oh yeah. So what are you doing? So in this movie, it's like uh, it's obvious right to you that Sean Connery is playing James Bond. That's the idea. Yeah. That's, that's the gag. Yeah. But yeah, the, Rogue Bond. Well, he never went rogue. He just got caught, and then the yeah. then the England abandoned him. But whatever. That's uh, there's like people who are like, I have crazy fan theories. I'm like, no, that was the joke. It's like Sean yeah. Connery is most famous for being James Bond. The idea is that he got caught, and mm-hmm. now he's having adventures with Nicolas Cage. Uh, mm-hmm. Sparks and explosions. Lots yeah, of there those. Sure are. Yeah. And then we get, yeah. hey man, you just fucked up your Ferrari, which is a line that like people still throw out there it seems weirdly enough hey man you just fucked up your Ferrari yeah and then he takes his bike stolen and then we get a uh, Michael Bay camera spin we'll, we'll more on that later I guess mm-hmm. um, uh, this movie considering it is well shot lit all star cast it sure feels kind of cheap oh yeah I, I'm pretty sure they pinched some pennies <laughs> on uh, the actual making of this movie like especially like anything like it's in like the like uh, the government center where they're making all these calls. Yeah. It all feels like really like, oh, this feels like a, I don't that know. It was done at an Applebee's. All of those. <laughs> all those Applebee shots. Yeah, they just blacked out the windows. Uh, I made a note here that I'm like, after I noticed, like I've written already like a page of notes at this point. I'm like, it never fails that these sorts of movies always bring out me being able to write a ton of notes. Because there's yeah. some movies I watch that are like really well made, but they don't really elicit a response. And then movies yep. like this and Armageddon, I just, it brings out the most to me. The most. That's yeah. a unique word to describe you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know anyone who didn't love this movie in the late 90s. This was on my mind as I was yeah. watching this movie. And I was kind of like, huh, this movie, uh, yeah, I don't well, know, so man. It's, it's kind of like me. If you ask anyone who is at least born in the 90s and, and hasn't seen it in like 10 years or more, be like, what do you think of The Rock? They'd be like, fuck, man, The Rock rules. Yeah. That's what I always said. Uh, that's what I might have the even Rock said rules. like a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, right, the Rock's awesome. No. Uh, then we get Sean Connery talking about avoiding gang rape in the showers because that's funny. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't seem to be a problem these days. Maybe I've lost my sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <clears throat> and I feel like. Come on. Many a man has wept during the Navy SEALs massacre. 
I didn't. I wasn't a little bitch. I watched this when I was like six years old, and I was cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your problem? I don't know. I, I feel like people like this is the scene that people obsess about. This is like the iconic moment because I guess it was like mm-hmm. for this type of movie, uh, it's dramatically cool because generally you think that oh the Navy SEALs they'll get picked off one by one. And then it'll just yeah. be the two of them. But no, they wipe them all out. And the rest of the movie, they're just on their own. It's like, yeah. that's interesting. I guess that's like one of the better bits of this movie that makes it stand out. Because it comes out as a surprise. You wouldn't expect that all these, like, in hindsight, it's like all these faceless Navy SEALs dudes that you've spent a little yeah. bit of time with and being introduced to and been given faces to. Like they're Michael all, Bain. They're, they're dead. Well, Michael Bay's smart. Yeah. He killed that guy from Aliens for a reason. Yep. Couldn't have him in this movie. Because you, you, you think he's going to be there till the end. It's like, no, nah, yep. man, he's dead halfway. Yep. So this movie's two hours and 15 minutes. Sure uh, is. They all are. Every Michael Bay movie is at least two and a half, four hours long. I uh, made the note here. That is some late 20th century man bun uh, that one of the mercenaries oh, yeah. is sporting. And I went, oh, yeah. shit, it, there it was. Maybe it's sexy. It's sexy. Uh, we got winners go home to fuck the prom queen. Ooh, gross. <laughs> yeah. And then we're informed that, oh, she is the broth queen. <laughs> oh. Oh, because that's their repertoire. Uh, they're, they're back and forth. They're, they're great. Yeah, they don't, they do not have a good uh, good chemistry here. No. Uh, when we get some, uh, a lesson from Sean Connery, you must never hesitate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many times do you think he said that in film? Uh, well, At least com- four different movies. Doesn't he say that in Last Crusade? Doesn't uh, he say that in every movie? Oh, and here's my note, RJ, that you've already referred to is cut him some friggin' slack. Oh, that scene is real bad. It's funny. I mean, the, I remember like the thing with the air conditioner crushing the guy's head. That, that, guy, like, that scene's fun. That, that's like right after that, right? But that yeah. the way it plays out afterwards is kind of like, oh. Well, so that scene is funny. And then the line right after when Nick Cage is like, tell me. You've seen a lot of dead bodies. Is that normal? Because, like, the body is twitching. And I was like, yeah. I was like, that's good stuff. But uh, they cut me some friggin' slack thing. I was like, eee, I don't like that. Yeah. When a movie's, like, peppered with tons of F-bombs, and then you have to throw a throw yeah. friggin'. Yeah, because it's, it's like I said, I feel like the character was, like, <clears throat> I don't know, like, not r- really well conceived, like, he was like smooth under pressure, but he was also a nerd and a dork. And like he said weird shit, but he's a Beatlemaniac. But he's also dating the prom queen. And it's just like, fuck, what did they want to do with this person? Yeah, he's just a medley of character traits with Nicolas Cage there. Vegetable medley. Yeah. Uh, and then we get an I'm too old for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we get a lot of like guys getting blown away from explosions, which is something mm-hmm. that'll come up in other movies. Uh, I have a question. Is Alcatraz really in this sort of disrepair? Um, yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> Did you? Uh, oh, we yes. got, I got a note here of, uh, so Man Bun's strategy of throwing a grenade into Nicolas Cage's, like, cart and, like, yeah. giving him enough time, though, to throw it back at him is just terrible. It's like, I, I thought you were, like, a veteran. Wouldn't you know how to do this? Like, you you pull it, you wait, and then you throw it. Not, like, pull it, throw it, and then it's like, oh, Nicholas Cage just throws it back at you. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Uh, I think that scene <coughs> is so good. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're going for. Here, I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so we get things. Action, mm-hmm. action, action. Uh, then we get another great Connery line of, some sniper's going to get his ass. 
<laughs> ass. It's funny because men should talk I, my, about my, other my men's asses. My note here is, who is he talking to with these asides? <laughs> <laughs> no one. Oh, the audience, no, Jared. Oh, no, I wrote, oh, the audience. Because movie, yeah. it's a movie. He needs to keep people informed. Yep. And then, uh, the, just like on this show, uh, time runs out and uh, missiles are launched. A missile. Mm-hmm. But airs are aborts. Because he's still a decent man, even though he's gone through all this effort. And, like, you know, I guess he just was always going to bluff is, like, the idea behind I guess. it. But he he should know better than anyone not to bluff. He's a general. Yeah. But yeah. here we go. Uh, but you know what, though? I think that the best bit of this movie is the whole third act. I think it's, like, probably part? the third act. Just, like, everything from that point on. Yeah. The big the the Mexican standoff shootout to the big uh, them racing to like get rid of the last missile before it gets launched. Tony Todd being called Rocket Man and getting sent <laughs> off flying and impaled horribly because he's a black man. Yep. Um, all good that stuff. All that was good times. Uh, no, it's like I think like for, I, for the whole goddamn movie that the last bit like the the climax is probably the most well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Because there's no cars involved. It's just people running around with goals. Uh, I yeah. think that, that shot of uh, Nicolas Cage with the uh, flares, like holding him up up in the air. The dramatic oh, it's music. so good. It's so good. Yeah, that's a that's a great moment. Yeah. I think. And it's like, oh, shit, it's too late. I already fired a missile. And you get the big explosion. Nicolas Cage goes flying in the air into the water yeah. and gets pulled awesome. out by Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and then the good uh. guys win fucking rights they do uh but yeah i kicked their ass yeah they they did it american style uh so sean connery gets gets to like walk away because he's told i was vaporized and Mm -hmm. uh but we never see him again he's just gone you assume he goes he's going to go hang out with his daughter maybe yep yep and uh yeah the whole like i who killed jfk thing at the very end i think yeah i don't like that that's garbage i liked the roswell thing i thought that was really funny but uh yeah the jfk thing sucks yeah. They should have. If they had brought up Roswell and then an alien ship came out and it was like setting up a sequel, that would have been cool. Yeah. Because then they'd be like, we got to find the only guy who's broken out of an alien ship before. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the Rock 2? Uh, yeah. Where is it? Just, just wait. Yeah. Just wait. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know about this, RJ. I I did I figured as much. I don't know. It's not a pain. It's not a painful experience getting through it. It's just no. so fucking long. And like, there's some stuff, and it's just like, ugh. It's way worse than I remember. Like, I remember like this being like yeah. a good Michael Bay movie, and I was like, no. Well, well, that's what I mean. I I was a champion of this movie for a really long time, and I watched it. And I was like, oh, well, there's some stuff that uh, eight year old me didn't pick up on. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I don't know uh, what, what do you want to do here, but uh, there was the other Nicolas Cage action movie that came out uh, a year later. Yeah. Not directed by Michael Bay, but produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Yes. And that movie's Con Air. Ooh, baby. Yeah. I like Con Air quite a bit. And that movie directed by Simon West. Uh, yeah. So Con Air yeah, was We both like, watched Con Air. We both watched Con Air. Uh, 
So I remember watching this the following year, and like this is like when Nicolas Cage was riding high, face off, and stuff like that was coming. I think the next year, like he just had these strings of these like action movies, and he was all yep. over the place. And so people would just tune in, check out whatever he was doing, Gone in sixty seconds, that type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, uh, RJ, mm-hmm. I think Con Air is awesome. Yeah, Con Air is awesome. <laughs> like Con I Air th- rules. <coughs> it is um, like it's stupid as fuck but man yeah. is it fun like it's like legitimately one of those movies that uh i don't know like mm-hmm. all the stupid stuff in it works so well it um because yeah. I, I found with like the rock it felt like a parody of an action movie yeah. and like considering it was like this like a it's considered like this peak action movie it's like no, it feels like a like Michael Bay's almost a parody of his own movies, and it's like this is like a, this is his second movie after Bad Boys, and I think Con Air actually does the Michael Bay Bruckheimer movie best. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, no, um, Con Air is fucking awesome. I I was I was gonna say I think this is a perfect movie almost because it actually hits every single beat you wanted to hit so i watched this the other night and um andrea came down like halfway through and she was watching with me and she got like really into it too and i was like yeah and, like even the goofy shit where it's like like the propellers like blowing through the airplane she's like oh. oh shit and like them driving the fire truck she's like oh shit she's <laughs> like this movie's getting fucking like intense i was like yeah man that's con air baby uh she couldn't get over how much um Nick Cage looked like uh, like street punk Jesus, but like really buff. Uh, he's so buff in this. Oh, but anyways, all oh, his like workout stuff in the j- jail cell at the beginning. Oh yeah, he he's so buff in this. Uh, he's so cool. This is almost a perfect movie. I I honestly mean that because it is like I will, it hits everything you want it. To I will hit. give you that. I think uh, of like '90s action movie stuff, like American yeah. '90s stuff. I think this movie is like my favorite. Like, yeah, I'd have to really dig around to see what else came out. But like Terminator 2 is be- like obviously like uh, a masterpiece. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's better than Con Air. But like for this type of movie, it's like it's the peak for this type of thing. Like, I don't know. It ha- it, everything works just great. It's got again, it's got the amazing cast of like just character yeah. actors that just are. Oh, there's John Malkovich and Steve Buscemi and Ving Rhames. Oh, so good. <laughs> like, people just keep showing up and you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, this was like, because that was also like, had to have been one of my first movies I'd seen with Steve Buscemi. And mm-hmm. like, it's weird to think that because like, he just starts showing up in everything at this point. And he was like that guy in, in yep. movies, even though he has like this whole career, like outside of this stuff, like Trees Lounge, making his, directing his own movies and mm-hmm. would turn into his own like, uh, internet meme thing at this point. And people just think of Steve Buscemi as this guy on himself. But like back then it was like, oh, he's like this, he's like the cannibal lector in this movie that they just like throw in just for fun. And you got Machete before mm-hmm. he was Machete and uh, Machete. Everybody. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's in this fucking movie. Dave Chappelle. Like before, yeah. like before he was uh, Dave he, Chappelle. He, he broke out. Yeah. He was like in Biodome and stuff in this. Well, he well, Dave Chappelle was in this and uh, Blue Streak, the uh, Martin Lawrence movie, mm-hmm. and uh, Sleep Was in Seattle. Dave Chappelle was in a few movies. And a few movies. And fucking John Cusack. John Cusack, baby. Ooh. Yeah, this movie's got it all, man. Uh, I think Con Air is legitimately amazing. Uh, I think Nick Cage's accent in this movie is just something to behold in itself. Like, 
it's so wild. It's it's so it's so dang wild, man. Um. Anyways, I, I don't know. I I think Con Air is wicked good. I I love the guy, the pilot, who they call Swamp Thing. Oh, MC uh, Ganey. Oh fuck that guy! I love that actor. He's so good in Lost, man. Remember Lost? Oh, fuck yeah! That's why I was like, oh, yeah. what's he all in? I never looked it up. So good. But yeah, no, I love like Cyrus the Virus. I think that's so yeah. fucking. That is, it's so good it, stuff. It's stupid, but it works. Uh, no, like yeah. there's like the, some of my favorite little details are like the uh, the one good criminal who's go, who's dying of the diabetes. Yeah, uh, and then you have uh, Bubba. Yeah, Bubba from uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, he's there. He doesn't really do much, but he's there. He he tries to stop a rape. Mm-hmm. Because that's in there. This movie's like violent, full like, of rape. Uh, the movie starts with uh, an attempted rape. What? Well, when those those fucking bar guys are like, "You need help getting your no, wife home." Oh, that's not no. That's how it comes off. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You and your fictions. You and what you want to mm-hmm. see. No, they, uh-huh. they they're there to jump them. They're there to beat him up. Yeah, but in the bar, he's like, I'm going to dance with this girl here. Yeah. It's implied, Jared. Okay, so that's okay. That's one of the problems of this movie, off the bat, is he wouldn't go to jail. He wouldn't go to jail for that. Come on. Yeah, but then there'd be no movie. Exactly. That's fine. But there's <laughs> Yeah, no... but his body's trained as a weapon, Jared. <laughs> it makes total sense. No, I think, like, based on the logic of how people go to jail in this movie, based on, like, yeah. what happens when that plane goes down in Vegas and all these people are fucking killed yeah. because they just wouldn't shoot down. Like, Cole Meany, John Cusack, they'd be all going to jail. Like, yep. that, they, they did a horrible job, but it's fine. It's fine because the movie's cool and everyone yeah. likes it. Uh, I always think of uh, uh, Machete's arm dangling off of the handcuffs <laughs> after they drag the body away. That's, you know, it's uh, funny. When that happened, Andrea actually, like audibly when like oh shit yeah that's a great no like i then the, when i saw that in theater people went all pop for that uh people yeah. all like were really like super into like the whole thing with steve buscemi with the little girl and be like oh man he's gonna kill that little girl but then it like builds up to like oh she's fine she's waving away to the plane and everyone goes oh he didn't kill her uh yeah i, I gotta say two things about steve buscemi i think are amazing is the offhand he's like i wore that lady's head as a hat for three states you're just like amazing and then i love how this movie uh makes you sympathize with this weird serial killer where the end of the movie is basically (laughs) it's like hey there's a serial killer out on the loose yep but you like you root for him kind of you're like hey that's fun he's playing playing craps (laughs) that's so much fun yeah excellent work um What else? Yeah. Oh, there's like the one scene that I was like, oh, RJ loves that moment, I bet. When uh, Nicolas Cage just no-sells a fucking bullet wound to the oh arm. <laughs> he walks through it. That so scene funny. is so good. Like <laughs> That whole thing, he's like, I'm going to show you I, I believe in miracles. He's like, I'm going to teach you to believe in miracles. Fuck. And he like starts walking. He gets a bullet through his fucking arm, and he's just like, Hur. and he just like goes through it. I don't, the only think, other- I don't even think he reacts. No, he does. He doesn't even react. He just goes through and fucking pummels those dudes. He just keeps working his way through. Ugh. One other one I I love is in Fast and the Furious Five. Vin Diesel gets shot in the shoulder and he turns around and he gruffs. He's like, Hurr. like stuff like that is wasn't so that, funny. Isn't that like one of like the latter um, Fast and Furious movies where uh, like the rocks taken full on like rubber bullets and he's like should have used real bullets and just 
does maybe like, during maybe. a prison ride or something. I can't remember something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that, that'll always make me very happy when I see men just getting shot and be like, "Yeah, I'm cool." It's like whatever. I'm so strong. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, hurt. Con- yeah, Con Air is so good. Mm-hmm. Con so Air is good. awesome. Um, yep. Unlike a bunch of these other movies we uh, watch, like what? Well, RJ, you bullied me successfully into watching Bad Boys again, and because I was going to have to watch Bad Boys 2. I never made you watch the first one. I just wanted you to watch the second one. Mm. So, I'd seen Bad Boys in theater. Yeah. Um, And that was like 1995. Um, That movie never really left much of a mark on me. I was like super into Will Smith at the time, because I I love that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And now... uh, Big Willie was going to become a, a movie star. Sure was. So, I mean, what? Independence? And you're really slopping on that thing. I know. Uh, it's better. Do you want Coffin or? Uh, no, it? no, I'm I'm fine with it. I just I just, I just wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. So people in the podcast world are, are like, what is that gooey fucking slop sound? What is he doing over there? Yeah. Um, Anyways, tell me about Big Willie. So what? Independence Day came out 94? Okay. I think it was. Um <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Whatever. So I was super into him. Martin Lawrence was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was probably like, I remember that Martin show was on. And I was like, oh, I guess he's cool too, I suppose. But yeah. um, Bad Boys is kind of shitty. It's actually kind oh. of like a shocking how bland it is for a Michael Bay movie. Like there's a couple of like really like, ooh, look at that beautiful golden cinematography that he's famous for. But there's a whole lot of stuff in the middle of this that's just endless. This movie's two hours long. It needed to be like 90 minutes. Yep. Um, yeah, it sucks. I, I don't like this movie very much. I You know what? I feel the same way about like a lot of these like buddy cop action movies, 48 Hours, Lethal Weapon. They don't really like do anything for me. Yeah. Well, that's fine, I yeah. guess. Uh, and so I watched Bad Boys 2. Uh, Finally, yeah, the movie that uh, it's like a talking point out of Hot Fuzz. How oh. you haven't seen Bad Boys Two? Fuck off. Uh, there's yeah. no reason to. So that movie, uh, it's very similar to Bad Boys, um, but they they uh, in- turn that dial to eleven. They increase the uh, stakes a little bit. Michael Bay's film craft is different. It yeah. has evolved since Armageddon. Yep. Uh, it's a bit like it's actually looks very similar to Pain and Gain from what I remember. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, same thing. Who who cares about these movies? Uh, this movie at least though has like fat body corpses shooting out of the back of a van, mm-hmm. which was very funny. Because uh, it's like, well, I, something I've never seen before. So kudos to you, Michael Bay. <laughs> uh, it's got so it, uh-huh. this movie's got like like two, three car chases in it. Mm-hmm. They're like slightly better than the ones in like the rock and stuff, but there's like some questionable CGI cars rolling around and flying around overhead. There's this yeah. shot of like Martin Lawrence looking out of the car screaming as a CGI car flies overhead. And it's just like, holy crap. Uh-huh. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time since I've seen <laughs> Bad Boys 2, but I remember I, I saw it in theaters whenever it came out. When did Bad Boys 2 come out? Like 2002? 2003. 2003 so I was 13 years old I was in the theater and I was watching Bad Boys 2 and I had a hell of a time that was the age I was when I saw The Rock 
Loved it, man. It was so so much fun. So uh, uh, I haven't seen it in years and years, and I don't think I'm going to watch it again because I don't want to ruin that joy that I had watching Bad Boys 2. But uh, yeah, Bad Boys 2 is real shit, man. Those um, cadavers falling out. Yeah. The seriousness of Big Willie. So this movie is almost two and a half hours long because of course it is. somehow Michael Bay has to go long. He of always, like, Armageddon's fucking way too long. Why is this movie so goddamn long? But then you realize with Bad Boys 2, the reason it goes so long is because the movie where it would normally end, it's only the beginning. Because Michael Bay's like, we got to invade Cuba. Of course. <coughs> so Go to the landmine field. I remember people talking about that back in the day, how it was like a throwback to like 80s Reaganism and like jingoism yeah. and whatnot. Uh, and then just watching this now, I'm like, oh my God, this is like so unnecessary. Oh, they got do-rags on. That means they mean business. And everyone just like, the tone of the movie totally changes because mm-hmm. they got to save my sister. And everyone, every dude's like, yeah, that's bad. We got to save this guy's sister. And they just invade a country. They just go there uh, completely mm-hmm. illegally to, to go get her. My, and, the and, Miami and, PD. And they take on the Cuban military. And uh, they just fucking blow shit up hard everywhere, Jerry. Fucking rights, they do. Slow motion head wounds and people falling back onto mines and exploding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good stuff. And, of course, uh, the thorough line between Bad Boys and Bad Boy 2 is because you have to have some sort of thing where they're talking about how they're not having gay sex. Because otherwise people will get antsy, I guess. Or like because Michael Bay thinks people will get antsy and it's funny and it's easy. <laughs> hey, Jarrett, um, people have actually mentioned to me that we don't talk about us not doing it. So people think we do. Okay. So at this point, we'll just be like, uh, gay sex is for the gays, hey? <laughs> uh, only if Michael Bay were filming us. And then it would be, and then we could have a scene where we're having a conversation, but it sounds like we're talking about what I did to your butt last night. It'll be so funny. Oh, shit. It'll be so funny. Oh, the donut scene where he gets shot in the butt. No, but it's later. Oh, yeah. yeah. When they're singing the, the, the electronic, the, elect- the home electronics shop and they're like talking on the couches and all the cameras are pointing on them. They're like, talking about what they did to my ass the other night and it's real yeah. sore and you can't get it up. And, mm-hmm. uh, and black lady has to get sassy. I, I remember. You recall. I remember. You know what, though? That's enough for me talking about Michael Bay. Uh, but oh. I but I understand you watched a couple Michael Bay movies as well on top I of sure The did. Rock. I sure did. Uh, I'll lead up with one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Holy fuck. Uh, when did this movie come out? Like two years ago or something like I that? I think so. Oh man, this is a bad movie. Okay, um, I'm, I'm, uh, Corey and I were both very surprised by this because we're like, "Whoa, one star!" Uh, I think this is an extremely poor made movie, uh, and I would argue it to anyone. Watch that movie today, and actually watch it. Pay attention. Watch that movie, and I dare anyone to say that that's better than a one star movie. Um, it is embarrassingly bad. So this is. <clears throat> Just more of Michael Bay's military propaganda stuff, uh, which I don't care. Like, I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, down with the military. Like, I, I don't give a shit about that. Uh, I think this movie is so cliched and uh, lazy that, <coughs> excuse me, now my uh, my voice is going out because You're, of you. You've caught it. Um, mm-hmm. A little sip of the wet stuff. This, this is going to sound excellent in somebody's headphones. 
fucking right. Uh, so, anyways, this movie starts off, and you get John, uh, Jim from The Office, John Krasinski, and he gets dropped off in Libya. And uh, you, you're getting a bumper at the start of the movie about how, like, Libya is a war zone, and uh, there's a American base, and Benghazi, and they're American heroes that no one knows their story because it was classified or some shit like that whatever uh you get contract uh military serviceman john krasinski uh coming out um not military anymore but he's contracted by the cia or some shit and he gets picked up by his other military guy and you have like the the way that these people talk to each other is fucking embarrassing it's like nobody talks like that like the guy's like you ready to the guy hands Jim uh Jim from the office a gun and he's like it's loaded and then Jim looks at it and he's like yeah it is loaded and he puts it in his like to the side and he's like man sure is hot and then the it goes like I'm I'm not making this up it goes to the other guy and he's like yeah it is real hot and it, I was watching this I was like this was the first 5 minutes I was like what the fuck is this I was like this isn't a fucking movie like this isn't anything it's like, hand a guy a gun, it's loaded. It's like, why wouldn't it be loaded? This doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's really hot. Yeah, it is hot. Like, it's just... <laughs> is this it a, is, uh, that's the whole. That's the whole movie. The whole movie is stuff like that. Like, he, he comes to the CIA base, and there's the boss who is um, Gale from Breaking Bad, and he's like, I don't like you guys. I don't like military guys. You you are my employee. Do things my way. I'm the bad guy. And you're like, okay. And then Jim gets introduced to like the other military guys. Um, like the guy from season two of The Wire, uh, Porn Stash from Orange is the New Black. And uh, the other guy from The Office. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, look at these stereotypes. That's the like guy who has sex with everything and he's wild and parties and like you're introduced to him he's like look look at this music and he's like dancing he's like isn't that fun and then you have like the stern big guy who's the sniper guy and he's like you will get your reckoning one day son and like he's always like reading a book he's like yeah we are our own tormentors and you're just like it's stuff like that and it is just fucking brutal man like i wasn't even i watched this thing for about an hour because this thing's two and a half hours long (laughs) Uh, i watched it for about an hour like intently like i was like i was really trying and then after that i was like not paying attention anymore looking on my cell phone and stuff and even so i was i i almost turned this thing off i was like this movie sucks uh the action is bad too i don't think the action's good in this at all it's a bunch yeah. of guys on a rooftop shooting into fucking darkness. <laughs> uh, anyways, 13 Hours, Secret Soldiers of Benghazi is fucking horrible. Uh, good to hear. <laughs> I'm just, I, I would, you know what I was surprised at? I was surprised <laughs> at all the fucking ratings from people who give the, gave this thing anything over two stars. Because I was like, that's not even worth two stars. That movie fucking sucks. Fuckity sucks. So, fuckity sucks. Uh, if anyone else has seen this movie, write in about how bad it is. It's horrible. Anyways, you know what movie's not horrible? Pain and Gain. Which I guess what I would I would say is Michael Bay's best movie. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you might be right. Uh, so Pain and Gain uh, came out a couple years ago. Uh, features Mark Wahlberg, uh, Anthony Mackie, and The Rock. Dwayne. Uh, tr- Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, true crime story about weightlifters who kidnapped Tony Shalhoub. Uh, in the real story, it was Tony Shalhoub that they kidnapped as well. So it was just good casting. Uh, they kidnap him, and they ransom him for all of his money and things. They take it, but they're not very smart and they get caught uh which is what this movie is uh i thought pain and game was really good really entertaining andrea watched this one as well uh and she thought it was like she liked it but she was just like oh my god like she, she just said that a lot she's like this movie like when the chainsaw has human hair stuck in it and they return it and she's like oh my god and then like a little thing pops up and it's like this is a true story. Uh, like when the rock is barbecuing human hands outside um, is awesome. Uh, the rock <laughs> is the rock is really good in this because uh, he's like so slow and naive and innocent and you just want to root for him in this. He's so lovable. He's awesome. Uh, he, Mark he's, Wal- he's yeah. It's like probably the best uh, rock performance I've seen in a movie for like, yeah, he's yeah. He's super good in this uh, because he's just he's so charming. Even when he's a bad guy, you're just like, man, this guy's fucking awesome because he's he's like so the things he says are legitimately funny and the delivery of all that stuff is done really well because he is very slow because he's very slow. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is real good in this. Uh, He is so like greasy that (laughs) you're just like, oh, man. But like it's he sells it completely. You're like. I believe it. This is Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Pain and Gain is really good, man. I actually, I, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, one, because the story is so like insane, um, goofy that you're just like, I can't believe this is real. But uh, I think it's actually a pretty well-made movie. Um, it does have some of the Michael Bay things in it. But yeah. uh, I like, think this movie, it's like almost fits because the story is so crazy. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's got some goofy. Yeah, it's depiction of fat people and it's depiction of like uh, African Americans again. It's just See, like it's it, always it fits for this because it's like, well, there's like multiple narrators, but when it's like Mark Wahlberg and guys like that, he's like, my body is like the, I am the pinnacle. He's like, if you don't use it, he's like, you're a fucking useless. And then it like shows fat people. But so it was like, yeah, that's Michael Bay, but it yeah. it kind of works for the movie because. A, I guess that's what this fucking guy was like. So I, I don't guess, know. but there's a different, there's a way that he depicts things that like, it just makes well, it yeah, seem he like, hates fat people. but it puts like the, cause there's like a huge chunk of that audience. that are going to be like, yeah, fuck fat people. Like they're not even, they're subhumans. Well, they're eating their like, nachos. They're, they're and literally, there are people who do believe that. Like just yeah, I don't... check out Twitter. And it's just like, oh great. Here's another movie. Here's Michael Bay's opportunity to not be that guy. And uh, he's that guy. It's like, that's cool. Thanks, Michael Bay. Makes it easier to hate your movies. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this is probably his best. Yeah, probably. Uh, this movie has a special place in my heart because this is the first movie I watched after I got my cat warlock from <gasps> the shelter. Wow, that's pretty nice, actually. On uh, New Year's Eve of 2014, hmm. uh, just had gotten this out from the library. It's nice. a Pain and Gain or something like that, I think it was. While yep. he was walking around your house? Yeah, learning the lay of the land, hiding under the bed, actually. That's what he did the first nice. night. Uh, 
until you kind of slowly kept crept out. So pain and gain Cute. fits into that uh, part of my life. So it's like, oh, The Rock. He's so she's such a good simpleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know this movie's fine. I've seen some people who've like read the actual article this is based on. Yeah, it says the movie just is like kind of like ridiculous, like how it makes it a comedy when it's like a really yeah. dark, fucked up story that shouldn't be like treated this way. Which yeah. I haven't read the article, so I don't know. As a movie, just by itself, it's uh, it's a piece of entertainment, and it's like it doesn't bug me like other Michael Bay stuff does. Sure. Yeah. I got yeah. So that's uh, the Bayham. Uh, what I guess what I think are his best movie, Pain and Gain, and his worst movie, Thirteen yeah. Hours. Wow. I'm not kidding, man. Yeah. That movie fucking sucks. So, I dare you to watch that thing. I'm not going to now. Uh, yeah, and like the other thing I'll point out is that Michael Bay has dedicated like a third of his filmography to making Transformers movies. Yeah, and that it doesn't seem like it'll stop, eh? Uh, well, supposedly his name's been attached to Lobo. Which I would actually like to see if it ever happened, but I doubt it will ever. Yeah. Like fucking none of those DC movies are going to happen. Yeah, it's Steven Spielberg's Black Hawk movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll if that ever happens, I'll, I'll eat my words on that. You'll, but... you'll eat your imaginary hat. Yeah, exactly. Well, RJ, what? We have to do one more thing here. Who hates yeah. The Rock? Let's find out. Uh, Raz King gave this movie half a star. When Nick Cage said Zeus's butthole, I knew I wasn't watching a movie. <laughs> that part was funny. <laughs> that part was, oh, come on, you're ruining our show. <laughs> that part was funny because of how silly it was. Uh, nomenclature uh, gave us half a star. Dumb movie about some heavily armed idiots who for some reason want to take over Alcatraz Island. Who knows, cares why. Sean Connery and Nick Cage single-handedly infiltrate their base and stop them after dozens of trained soldiers repeatedly shoot at them with M16s. The dialogue is moronic and cuss words are continuously shouted throughout. At the end, Nick Cage stabs himself in the heart of an airplane tarmac with a hypodermic. Uh, to keep his heart sure? from exploding or something, this movie is really, really stupid. I feel like he's got problems with the logic that aren't there. It's like, why did they take over Alcatraz? It's fucking said, man. And it's an impenetrable fortress. It's an ideal place to have a hostage situation. Duh. That's not the problem with the movie, you <laughs> idiot. You idiot. And it wasn't on an airplane tarmac. It was just in a warehouse. Fucking idiot. Yeah, what a chump. Yeah, so that whole like needle in the chest thing, that's just like because Pulp Fiction came out the year before, I guess. Yep. 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 <coughs> we got Scott Calabrax, half a star. <laughs> That's a dumb name. <laughs> I'd managed to avoid seeing this classic for my Not entire life. I don't know how, but I somehow sensed it was crap. A friend recently sure. convinced me to watch it. I used the words brain melting in relation to the Mission Impossible movies, but those films are intellectual triumphs compared to this. No. This, this <laughs> disgusting piece of cultural garbage. Oh, geez. Why does this movie have a Criterion Collection edition? It is insulting to the intelligence on every level. The soundtrack caused me physical pain. In all caps, piece of shit. Okay, no one has ever said that the Mission Impossible... Well, actually, a lot of people think those movies are like intellectually fucking superior, but come on. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. Get off your horse, buddy. I know our own Oliver Granger gave this movie a one star, which I think is a little harsh, honestly. I mean, come on. 
Well, he might not. I don't know. Maybe he's a millennial and he doesn't have the attachment <laughs> to us. Oh shit! To it that we do. Uh, I don't know. Was that was that a burn? I don't. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe he doesn't have that what, sentimental what, attachment what, of his grandma telling him it's real shit. Oh, that's true. Or uh, watching it awkwardly with your mom during that weird, like, uh, brief little if, like sex scene. I'll I'll put it like this: If you watch The Rock with your mom or at your grandma's house. This was a real fucking movie, yeah. and this blew, rocked your fucking world. So yeah, I mean, all I know is I've seen one stars, and uh, this movie is not that. But I've you, seen but you see, you you've seen thirteen hours or thirteen whatever the fuck. So yeah, yeah, that's a one star movie. I guarantee it. Right. I, I yeah. They're out there, folks. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, that's it. Uh. Fuck. Michael Bay, huh? This is it. For now. Into the road. For now. Wait until that Transformers compendium comes out in the Criterion. Nope. Uh, but hey, Con Air, am I right? Yeah, I wish that had a Criterion. That movie rules. People should just watch Con Air and let us know what you think. Maybe it's just like weird nostalgia. Yeah. But I, I, I can't imagine anyone like hating that movie. It's so much fun. It's so fun. Put the bunny in the box. <laughs> yeah. There's some... <laughs> There's some dumb stuff, but it doesn't matter. The movie awesome. just, it moves past it all. Yep. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, after the break, I don't know, uh, we're going to go home and fuck the cheerleader, homecoming queen, whatever the fuck. No, and, I, and I hope no. you're insured. <laughs> some sniper's going to get his ass. Look too, what you did. I'm too old for this. Oh, you're embarrassing yourself. Just like Sean Connery has <laughs> his whole career, his whole life. Stood there boldly, sweating in the sun. Felt like a million, felt like number one. The height of summer, I'd never felt that strong. Like a rock. I was 18, didn't have a care, working for peanuts, not a dime to spare, but I was leaning, solid everywhere, like a rock. My hands were steady, my eyes were clear and bright. My walk had purpose, my steps were quick and light, and I held firm to what I felt was right, like a rock, like a rock. I was strong as I could be, like a rock, nothing ever got to me, like a rock. RJ, have you watched all those Transformers movies? Uh, I've seen one to three. Oh my god. So I don't know what's after. How many are they at now? Six, five, six, seven? I think I saw in Letterboxd there's like a seventh poster already up. Something already listed. Probably comes up next year or some shit. Ooh, man. I, so, Pete... Just so people know, I was willing to watch the Transformers movies this weekend. 
And I, I put a question to Jared. I said, what should I watch this weekend? And he said, the other thing. So, just yep. so you know, I was going to do it for the show, but he told me to t- dive on a different grenade. Yeah. One I fear is much, much worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, you can email us at criteriancreeps at gmail.com. We get lonely over here. Mm-hmm. we got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We got a Patreon as well if you wanted to throw us a couple bucks. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, uh, YouTube. Yeah. Next week, we're turning the decades back, jumping into some real classy shit. This we're watching spine number 109 in the Criterion Collection, The Scarlet Empress from 1934, directed by Joseph von Starnberg. Quite different, I think, from a Michael Bay movie. Does this one have a Con Air-esque uh, a partner movie to watch? Companion film? Uh, well, you could watch some other Joseph von Sternberg films. I'm going to watch Con Air again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. And who knows? There might even be something else in between. <gasps> Full moon. Maybe. Full moon. Spooky. Spooky. Good night.